Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Isn't that wonderful? I, w- I wouldn't think about going anywhere without her. When I married her, I just said, I, I, let's go fishing together. Let's go, let's go to church together. Let's, let's, let's do life together. And so 49 years later, we're still doing that. Praise the Lord. I mean, I just uh, thank God. She prayed me in. I was lost and undone and without Christ. And she got saved before I did. And I was trying to leave her. And I was just a terrible person. You know, we all are without Jesus. And and I was just trying to leave her. And, you know, she just, she didn't fight me. She just held on to the Lord and held on to me and and prayed. And, and one night I came in after acting crazy and doing terrible stuff and and I heard her weeping in the morning hours and I stood at the door and heard her praying asking God she was asking God for mercy for me and boy it broke my heart and the next morning we went to church I got saved that night and but the next morning I I, I never grew up in church when we were growing up my family I grew up in a broken home and so I didn't I, we didn't go to church. The only time I ever went to church was I went to the Catholic church to pick up a young lady on Saturday night for a date. But I never never went to church and and so here we were for the first time. I didn't even know how to act in church and and still trying to learn how to act in church and and uh, but my wife prayed me in. Thank God for praying wives. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so glad to be here. You know, we got a several calls the last few days of people going to be out of town, and yet the church is at least half full, if not more than they. I mean, that's to be commended. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. You know, I usually start with a with something funny, but today I just feel like I just need to dive into the Word of God. Will that be all right? All right, turn in your Bible with me to Psalms. 85, Psalms 85, Psalms 85. I was, three weeks ago, I was preaching in Houston, and, uh, and I, I, I was already prepared to minister. I was there for three days and ministering to the pastor and his family, ministering to the board of directors of the church and the elders and the deacons, and then I, was, then I preached on Sunday. Well, on Friday night, the Lord visited me, in the morning hours, and, and, and he does that quite frequently, and, and, but he began to speak to me, and not just about that service the next Sunday, or this, that Sunday morning, but also about the next two places, at least the next two places, and uh, that I would be preaching. Then and I came back from Houston, and I preached in our area at a large Baptist church, a little over 300 people there. They had two services that morning. I preached that same message. We had the same results. God moved supernaturally in those, that service. And I knew in my heart that when I came here that I didn't even have to seek the Lord about what to do or, or, or what to say because I knew in my heart from three weeks ago I needed to share this word with you. It was a, it's a divine word. It's a timely word. It's a word in season. I believe it's going to produce good fruit in this house today. In Psalms 85, uh, David uh, said here in verse 4, he says, Turn us or restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thy anger towards us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will thou not revive us? Listen to his question here. God, will you not revive us again? Look at what he says. In other words, they've experienced a move of God. They've experienced the power of God. They've experienced that, listen, a tremendous encounter with the Lord. But something's happened. Something's happened. They backed up from the presence of God. They've lost that joy of their salvation. They've lost that, 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 that peace and contentment that comes in your soul when you know that things are right with you and God. And David says this, Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? 
There's something that happens when you're on fire for God. There's something that happens when you have a fresh anointing of the Spirit. The Bible says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit, not just get filled with the Holy Spirit, but constantly, continually, be being, 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 being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? You need a fresh visitation. You need a fresh encounter of the Holy Spirit of God. God wants to visit you every day of your life. Amen? And this is what David says, God, will you revive us again? See, revival is not for the lost. Revival is for the saved. You can't, you can't revive something that's never lived before. Amen? So revival is for the house of God. We need revival in the earth. I'm telling you, we need revival in America. We need revival in, in, in Withville. We need revival in Mansfield. We need revival in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, but listen, things had got to the place, God, will, will, will it ever be the same as it was before? Will you do the things you did once before? God, will you revive us? That word revive, listen to what it means. It means keep alive. It means give promise of life. It means to nourish up to preserve life, to quicken or make alive, to recover, to repair, to restore to life, to revive, and to make us whole again. Out of nine definitions, every all not, listen, all of them except one had to do with God doing something supernaturally about your life, in intervening in your life and making your life rich in the things of God. We heard the word of the Lord this morning, and he's, that's his desire for us. Amen? And so David's cry was, God, will you would revive us again? It, it tells me that, listen, he's experienced revival more than one time, but there's something different about this time. I, I can't seem to get God to hear my prayer. You ever been there? I can't, I can't seem to, seem to, to enjoy and feel and, and experience what I did before when, when the minister ministered, when the worship in, 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 in the house of God was going forth. I, there's something different. I'm missing something. I've lost something. You know, the Bible talks about in Hebrews that, that when, in our walk with the Lord that we sometimes let things slip. And that word slip means to run out as a leaking vessel. We let things slip. Anybody ever done that? Certainly we all have. <coughs> So the answer to this is in Psalms 138. Turn over there. Psalms 138. In Psalms 138, it says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. God says it makes no difference how far you get away. My hands can reach further. My hand is not weakened and my hand is not shortened. My hand is able to reach out there no matter what situation you find yourself in, and I'm able to restore the salvation of the Lord. Look what it says here. He says, thou wilt revive me. Say it again. Thou wilt revive me. I want you to hear that. That Listen, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. I love that scripture. The Lord will do what I cannot do, especially for me and for you. The Lord will do what I cannot do in, about in my marriage. The Lord will do what I cannot do in my church. The Lord will do in my community what I cannot do. How? By the hand of the Lord coming in and upon. Amen? And he says, O Lord, in it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine hands. Now I want you to turn in the book of John. John. John, the chapter 11. John chapter 11. I want you to think about what we just said. Because God wants to revive. God wants to renew. God wants to refresh. And God wants to restore our relationship with Him. No matter how good it is, it can always be better. No matter, listen, that, that I've tasted of the power of the world to come and somehow or another I don't seem to uh, have or experience that power right now in my life just in little things. Guess what? My God can change that and He can turn that around and He can restore that in my life. Amen? But the, also... That night or that morning, in the morning hours, 
He's saying that I'm going to send revival. Glory to God. I believe God's got great things for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth today. All over the world, I believe that we're going to see manifestations and outpourings of God and His Holy Spirit in such a way that, listen, that God is going to show up, show out, and do mighty things once again, and He's going to bring revival in the church again. He's going to preserve alive His will, His Word, and His presence among His people. Amen? In, in John chapter 11, now Jesus has already said, I'm the resurrection and the life. But in John chapter 11, verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. You know, he's at the tomb of Lazarus. He's been dead four days now. And then so the scripture says, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. You know, that describes us when we are away from the Lord, when we are not in, uh, in tune with the Lord, when we're not serving the Lord, when we're not reading our Bible, when we're not having times of worship and, and enjoying the presence of God. There's something that's dead, something that's missing, something that needs to be revived. Amen? And that's what he's saying here. He says, even though that, listen, there's, there's a stench that I'm going to change it. You're going to be a sweet aroma to me. And look what it says here. He says, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto him, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God? I believe we're going to see God's glory. I believe there's been times that we've experienced and we have seen manifestations of God's glory, but I believe in this latter church, the glory is going to be greater than the former church. Amen. I really believe that. I believe we're going to see such demonstrations and manifestations. God's going to just do mighty things in this hour. Jesus, uh, verse 41 says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hast heard me always, but because of the people which standeth by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried out with a soft voice, no, with a loud voice. It's all right to get a little loud, a little rowdy. It's all right to shout sometimes. It's all right, listen, to make yourself known among the people of God in the presence of God. Can I have a good amen? You know, we did that just a moment, and we need to do that in more moments. We need to have more moments like that. And he says, and when he thus has spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now they've removed the stone, but yet he's still dead. They've removed the stone. You can go to church and still be dead. Come on now. In fact, there's a lot of people that go to church and they're dead with, without Christ. Amen. They have a religious experience, but you know what? They, they, they're, they're, they have not been converted. They have not accepted the blood of Christ Jesus. They've not accepted the, the power of the gospel unto salvation. Can I have a good amen? They're there for many reasons, and many times, you know, they want the peace of God. They want to experience the joy of the Lord. They want to, they want, they really want to go to heaven. They don't certainly don't want to go to hell. But for whatever reason, they have not accepted. They're still dead in their trespasses and sins. Come on now. Billy Graham said that in his in his great camp meetings and in, in the, the uh, when they'd filled up football stadiums with people in in Half the people would come down. He said there was probably only about 10% of that group that came down that truly had a conversion experience. You know what's wrong with the church today, in, 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 in not just here in Whitfield, but all over the universe? Listen, we may be converted, but we haven't been transformed. And I want to say that to all of us one more time. We need conversion. We need salvation. We need to be accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But listen, man, that's the beginning. That's not the end. Amen? That's just a starting point. We need a transformation. I need God to do something in my life that, listen, awakens my world. 
and that it that it that it says Christ is in me. He is the hope of glory. Amen. I'm not living trespasses and sin. I'm not the same old man. When I got saved, I got saved. The people that I ran with, you know what? I I went back to them, but they left me. You hear what I'm saying? I didn't have to leave them. They left me. Why? Because there was something different. There was something standing out. There was something transforming. Uh, We began to read the Bible, and I never had read a Bible in my life. I had never read a book in my life. I went up through school giving book reports by looking at the pictures in the magazine. They have a magazine. You go down to the drugstore, and you can get classic magazines of books. And I'd I'd look at the pictures and could tell the story. So that's how I made it through school. But you know what? You can't do that with God's Word. You've got got to search. You've got to seek. But you will find. Amen? And and so I I told Belinda, I said, man, that is just too many words on too many pages. I just cannot do this. And so I told her, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just start reading the red words. You read the black words. I'm going to read the red words because there's a whole lot less red words than there were black words. You know, I didn't know those were Jesus' words. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, I did not know those were Jesus' words. But, man, I found out soon. You know what? I went to my preacher and I began to ask him, well, what about this and what about that? And he told me, he said, that, that's passed away. You know what I'd do? I said, if that's passed away, let's get rid of it. I would tear the pages right out of my Bible. I mean, if it's old and done and it's no more, then let's get rid of it and let's get to the good part. Amen? And so I would, I would just take my pages and tear, rip them right out of the Bible. And you know what? Nobody told me not to. And but every time I'd go to him, man, I'd go to him about healing. I'd go to him about the 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 walk of faith. I would go to him about about uh, uh, unforgiveness and forgiveness in my life. I would go to him about many factors. And man, when I got up about this Holy Spirit stuff, oh my God, it just shook the earth. It shook the world, and it certainly shook that pastor. He said, "You stay away from that. That's of the devil." And I said, I'm too late, Shondai. <laughs> it's too late for me. I'm ruined already. I messed up. I, I must be of the devil because there's a, there is a river flowing out of my belly and I cannot contain it. You know what I'm saying? I've been revived. I mean, I got saved, but I'm already getting revived. Hallelujah. And so, man, I've realized, stop going to him because I'm not going to have any pages left if I keep going back to him. I'm just going to leave this thing alone, you know. And so we started having Bible studies. Now I've been saved three months, and we're having Bible studies in our home. And you know what? I, I asked everybody in the Sunday school class to come to my house. Nobody would come. Next week I'd ask them the same way. Nobody would come. I asked the preacher, can I make an announcement, invite people to the Bible study? He said, sure, and nobody came. So the next week, I said, I'm going to find some people that want to come study the Bible with me. And I found people, listen, that didn't know nothing. I found people that thought they knew everything. I found people that went to the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Presbyterian church, the Catholic church, and those especially that didn't go in church. But yet they came to my house. And folks, I'm telling you, I learned the Bible. I began to read and study and pursue and with them, and we would hear all kinds of things. But, man, I'm telling you, we began to experience the power of God. God's power began to change my life. I'm telling you right now, we've got to come out of the grave. We've got to have more than a conversion. We've got to have transformation. Amen? We've got to have manifestations of God's presence in our life. There needs to be proof. Acts 1.8 says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be unto me a witness. You shall be unto me a witness. That word witness means that which serves as evidence or proof. And you just can't keep saying, I'm a Christian, or I go to certain, certain church. I tell people, if you're going to act like the devil, don't tell them where you go. You hear that? Don't even tell them that you come to my church. Amen? So what I'm saying to you is, is that, listen, God, he brings us out of death. He brings us out of sorrow. 
He brings us out of lies and lust. He brings us out of unforgiveness. He brings us, you know all the stuff, depression, despair. He brings us out of all that stuff. For God's sake and your sake, don't, and for your family's sake, don't go back in there. Don't go back into that grave. Don't go back in, in that way of form of thinking. Don't go back into that, that attitude of life. Don't go back into, into that old way of life. Amen? The Bible says, if you're a new creation, old things passed away. Old things passed away. Behold, all things, all things have become new. Amen? And so there needs to be some new things happening in our life. Amen? And, but it's not enough just to be converted. We've got to be transformed. But this is what the Lord began to really speak to me about. It's this next verse. He said in verse 44, And he that was dead came forth. Now that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's pretty awesome. You were dead, but now you're alive. Glory to God. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, but now you are born again. You're a child of God. Amen? That you have the life of God living within you. Praise the Lord. And you're the evidence that God is alive and well. And he that was dead came forth. But listen to the scripture. It says, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. Now I'm telling you, that's where most of the church is right now. We have come out of the grave. We have been born again. There has been a conversion experience. We do love the Lord with what's in us, but there's just not enough in us. There's not enough word in us. There's not enough of the Holy Ghost in us. There's not enough worship in us. There's not enough prayer and intercession in us. Now listen, that we're not close enough to Him. If He is an all-consuming fire, when you get around Him, you ought to get on fire. Come on now. Then when we begin to see this and hear this, look what it says is that they were, he, they were bound hand and foot. What it literally says is that, you know what? I can't do what I've been created for, and I cannot say what I've been created for. I cannot hear what I've been created for. I cannot accomplish what God's created for. Why? Because I'm still bound with, my, my, with grave clothes. I'm still bound with the past. I'm still bound with depression, despair, unforgiveness. I'm still bound with the things that he brought me out of. I'm still bound with it. I can't see. I can't hear. I can't do. Now, that cannot be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this hour. We've got to see what God's doing. We've got to hear the word of the Lord. And we've got to be about God's business. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Now listen what it says here. They were bound hand and foot with great clothes, and his face was about about with an, about him with a napkin. And Jesus said, "Loose him, loose him, and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go." You know, it, it wasn't just a few weeks ago. I was I've been suffering with my back, and and we've had two surgeries since on my back since I've been here, and and going through a lot of things. And the Lord spoke to me one morning when I was brushing my teeth. He said, you're not pushing back. You're not attacking the enemy that's attacking you. You're not pushing back. And I was just looking in the window and I, in the mirror, and I began to just point my finger at myself, and I began to preach to myself. And I, the next morning, I did the same thing. That night, I did the same thing. The next morning, I did the same thing. The next night, I began to think, you know what? I began to feel the thing that was holding on to me, the, the bondage that was holding on me, the enemy that was holding on to me. I began to feel him trying to let go of me. Trying, I began to feel that that thing that had been bothering and tormenting and torturing and causing sleepless nights. Listen, I began to feel that it had no power over me again. I'm telling you, God put a fire on my bones. And listen, man, I began to tell people about it. I began to say, I began, when I was praying with people, I said, listen, you've got to fight back. You've got to fight back. Sometimes we just get weary in well-doing. But you know what? You can't stay that way. You've got to, listen, you've got to come out of the grave, but you've got to take the grave clothes off. 
You got you got you can't keep making excuses. You you gotta you gotta be like Jeremiah. There's a fire in my bones. I'm weary with holding it in. I cannot contain it any longer. I gotta do something. Can I have a better amen than that? We've got to get to the place that, listen, we're like those two disciples that was walking with Jesus after the resurrection, and they said, listen, as he opened the scriptures, did not our heart burn within us? Did not our heart burn within us? There needs to be a fire. There needs to be a resurrection fire on the inside of us. Amen? There needs to be a fire on the inside of us. When we read God's word, the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 23 that God's word is an all-consuming fire. Amen? We know the Holy Ghost, he came with fire, came with wind. We know that God says in Hebrews 13, it says, is that God's an all-consuming fire. Before that, he says, I'm coming back, and when I come back, I'm going to shake everything that's going to be shaken. I begin to see that morning that God's not so much interested in shaking me as he is interested in shaking the things I've been holding on to and the things that's been holding on to me. You know, if Jeff is holding on to me, and you know what? If Jeff is unholy and it's ungodly, when God comes back, guess what? He doesn't have to shake me, but he'll shake Jeff away from me. Listen, that's the thing God needs to do in this hour in the church. That listen, we've got we, we need to lay some things down, but there's some things that we've been holding on to from our past, and we've got to let it go. Come on now. That old spirit of lying, that old spirit of lust, that old spirit of pornography. Yeah, pornography. We need listen, there is there is a a a, a spirit that controls all of those things. But let me tell you something. The spirit of the living God is greater and mightier than any spirit that's able to hold you in bondage. Can I have a good amen? (coughs) So we need to get to the place that, you know what? We're not only going to have a conversion, but we're going to have a transformation. We're coming out of death. We're coming out of darkness. I read a couple of things and wrote them down. Jack Hayford said many years ago as he was preaching, he said, I know the bottom line for me is a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit with a rushing wind freshly billowing the cells of my soul, with a rekindling of tongues of flame upon my head, and with a new language of power upon my lips. That's what we need in the church. That's what I need. That's what you need. That's what my marriage needs. A few months ago, me and my wife began to to spend in the mornings together in prayer. And we begin to start taking communion. I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've been doing communion. I've been in the ministry 36 years this year. And we've been doing communion. I love communion. And you know what? It, it, there was a breakthrough. Something happened for me. Something happened on the inside of me. It happened for me, but it happened in me as well. And then I'm telling you, my light, eyes and my light, the light in my eyes began to shine brighter. I began to hear clearer. There was something that was happening. God was reviving. God was restoring. God was renewing and refreshing that presence of the Lord. God was a kindling afresh, a light. You know, Jesus did say, I'm the light of the world. Then he turns around to his, to his believers, to his disciples, and he says, but now I'm leaving, and you're going to be the light of the world. Can I have a better amen than that? Amen. On the day of Pentecost, he said, listen, not only did they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, but there were flaming tongues of fire upon them. Amen? There needs to be fire in the church. And let me just tell you something. When there is fire in this church, in the fire in my church, and fire in any church, you cannot be dignified. You cannot act the same. You will not act the same. If I come around with a blowtorch right now, I guarantee you, we might, you might, we might not can move you with a shotgun, but if I had a fire get right after you're behind, guess what? You'd be running in this house. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about when the fire of God hits the church, we'll, hey, it won't be quiet. 
And, and there'll be people that talk about it outside the church. Do you know what happened to so-and-so? Can you believe that? Hallelujah. He's been dead all these years, going to church, trying to get us to come to a dead church, but now the place is on fire. You know, there's something about a fire. People will come and watch a fire burn. <laughs> That's good stuff there. Amen. <laughs> I'm really getting off here, and I need to get back to business. I, I want you just to see this right here. Turn over, in, if you will, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. You know, in the Old Testament, they, they had an altar, and they had candlesticks, and they had, they had beautiful array of, of aprons. There was all kinds of smells. But there was one thing, some things and possibly everything changed from time to time, but there was one thing that never was supposed to change, the fire. The fire was supposed to be 24-7. There were priests that were assigned every day, every night, every day, every night. All their job was to do was make sure the fire didn't go out. Make sure that the fire was stirred. Make sure that there was not a little smoke, but there was a raving fire. That's what's wrong, man. We get a little bit of the Holy Ghost. Next thing you know, you got a little smoke going, and you think your whole life is turned upside down. No, my God. Listen, jump on in. Get in that thing. And guess what will happen? You'll find out what real fire's about. It'll burn everything off of you. It'll purify the wheat and destroy the chaff. God will change you from the inside out. Amen? And listen, not only, but they were, but those ministers, those ministers were a flaming fire. The Bible says his angels are ministering spirits, and they are a fire ministers. They're fiery ministers. There's nothing soft or gentle or, 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 or I'm not telling you that they're abusive. I'm telling you they're rough and tough. Come on now. That when they come through, they let the devil know this is you've lost your place. You get out of this place and don't you come back to this place. Can I have a better amen? And they do it with force. They do it with power and they do it with fire. Glory to God. I'm telling you, we need that. In Romans chapter 12, <coughs> it says this, rejoicing in hope, verse 12. Let me back up to verse 11. Not slothful in business, but fervent. That word fervent means to be hot. It means to really boil over. Let me say it again. It means not only just to be hot, but it means to boil over. I'm just telling you, a little dab of do you won't not work in what I'm talking about. God wants you to get not only hot, but he wants you boiling over with the presence of the Lord. Amen. Not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit as you're serving the Lord. Amen. The Amplified Bible says never. Everybody say never. never. Say never, never, never. never. Say it again. God's trying to get to us something. never. Never, never, never lag in zeal in an earnest endeavor, but be a glow. Be on fire. Be a glow burning with the Spirit as you serve the Lord. Man, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. We need the fire of God's Word on the inside of us as we serve the Lord. Those children need to see somebody that is alive. They were once dead, but now they're alive. But you know what? They need to see the energy of the Spirit. They need to see the excitement of the Spirit, the enthusiasm of the Spirit. They need to see people that are filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Can I have a better amen than that? I don't want to have to go down the street and preach down there. Amen. And we need to get this on the inside of us. In Malachi chapter 3, turn over there quickly. Malachi chapter 3. This, this book was written as a word of correction to the ministry, specifically to the priesthood, because they had gotten away from the, the order of the Lord. They had gotten away from the from the worship of the Lord. They got from the way from the giving to the Lord. They were stealing what was rightfully God's. They were taking the best, which we give God the best. And they were taking the best and using it for themselves. 
eating it them, and the, of themselves. And God begins to speak to them. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, <coughs> and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to the temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But, but who may abide the day of his coming? There's going to be a man of God that's on so much on fire. And I'm telling you, he's on his way. I'm telling you, he's coming. I'm telling you right now that in this pulpit, he's coming. He's already on fire, but I'm telling you right now, he's, he's getting stroked, he's getting fanned, he's getting stirred. And listen, the fire's going to increase, it's going to burn brighter, it's going to burn, listen, hotter. He's coming. He's coming. I'm telling you right now, it's coming for an awakening. He's coming, to, listen, to stir the people of God and get them to the place where they stop going in and out of the grave. Then they take the grave clothes off and they start living the resurrection life. This is what he said here. But who may abide the day of his coming and who shall stand when, when he appeareth? For he will be, listen, when he comes, he's going to be like a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. Listen to what he said. He's going to be like a refiner's fire, like a silversmith. And he's going to be like a fuller soap. He's going to be like a laundryman. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. That's us, the priesthood. He's going to do what? He's going to refine and purify me and you, the sons of Levi. He's going to purge them as gold and silver and that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I'm telling you, when the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit begins to work in you, work on you, work through you, and he begins to do what he's talking about here to the priesthood, that's me and you, he said, I'm going to be like, he, he's going to be like a silversmith. We're going to be like gold and silver, not wood, hay, and stubble. We're going to be like gold and silver. We're the real deal. There's no doubt about that. We've been bought with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not waste his life for, for, for uh, those that are empty and, and, and have no place in the kingdom of God. We are valuable in God's sight. But he said, listen, we are like, we're like the silver and gold. He's like the refiner. And back then what they would do is they would get these great big pots and they would put a fire underneath it and the fire, they would begin to throw in the gold or the silver into the place where all of this gold and silver began to, to break down, break up. I mean, all the particles that were holding it together began to dissolve. And he would literally... It would literally, the bad, the bad would come to the top and the good would go down. And, but yet, at the, at, as it went on, the, the, the refiner, the silversmith, he would take a, a willowing fan, or I believe it's what it's called, or a fan, and he would blow easily. And he'd blow professionally across the top of that water, that, that gold or silver, so as not to disturb it but he would blow across that. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's doing that in church. He's blowing. We've come through the fire. We've come through the fire, the flood, and the mud, and I'm telling you right now. But God, he's bringing us through a different fire. This one is a cleansing. This one's a purging. This one's a purifying. This one's a sifting. This one's to test, but the word test here is to prove that we are the real deal. We're the gold, the silver. Amen? Amen. We're the sons of Levi. And then, then as he began to get the, the, the dross off of the top, the bad stuff off of the top, and then the gold would settle, begin to come up. Then the, the most important thing that he would do then is a silversmith would look over into the pot, and if it was clear, if he could see himself in it, he said, that's it. 
That's it. That's right I want to get you to. If he could see the silver, and you know what? That it was just plumb clear. There was no, there was no nasty stuff in it anymore. But yet he could see himself. Jesus is doing that right now to the church. He's taking the, the heat of circumstances and adversity in our life, but he's coming, listen, he's coming. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, he's coming and he's going to come, listen, that, that John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to handle the latches on his shoes. But when he's coming, he's coming with fire. Man, we don't want to hear this. But I'm going to tell you something. The real church needs to hear this, wants to hear this, knows it's part of their salvation experience. <clears throat> that Jesus is coming with fire. Isn't that what the scripture said? He's coming with fire. Well, that word fire there means judgment. Now, he's not, listen, he's not judging you. He's judging that, that draws. He's judging those impurities. He's judging the sins that so easily beset us. He's judging the work of the enemy that's, that's flavored our mentality in our environment. <laughs> and so what's he do? He begins to let the heat work on us. And you know what? We draw close to him. We draw nigh to him, and he draws nigh to us. We begin to lift him up, and then he begins to lift us up. Then he begins to look in the middle of our circumstances, and he sees himself. He sees his own word. He sees his own character. He sees me and you in the likeness of Christ himself. Can I have a good amen? He said, that's what I want. That's what I've been looking for. That's what I've came for. Now I can use him. He's going to truly be a son of Levi. He's going to offer up sacrifices that are acceptable to me. Can I have a good, good amen? Hallelujah. That's where he's trying to get us. And he said, he's like a fuller soap. He's like, he's like a laundromat. And I looked up that word. <laughs> it means this. It means he's going to cleanse. He's going to pure, purify. He's going to uncontaminate. He's going to unadulterate. He's going to bring holiness into our life. He's going to bring innocence back into our life. And he's going to clean us up. Ha! Hallelujah. He's going to clean us up. Not the world. We've been standing at the door. In the, in, in, the, in the entries of our churches and blaming and accusing and pointing our finger at the sinner. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to change us till we love the sinner and that we're going we're to embrace the sinner. And we're going to, listen, we're going to set them the way they are. They're going to fall in love with us and they're going to love us and Christ in us so much that they're going to change because they want to be like us. Hallelujah. Turn over to, to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. One of the big things we have to do is this. We have to stir the flame. No matter how bright it's been, no matter how hot it's been, we've got to get to the place that, listen, man, I want more. I want to go deeper. Pastor's saying, these Sunday nights, we want to go deeper. I want to get hotter. I want to get on fire with Christ. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn bright in my life. Well, you know what? It's not all just up to him. He has a part, but we have a part. And one of the parts that we have here is this scripture right here. It's verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, that thou Stir up the gift of God. That word literally means stir. It means to, to, let me see. It means to kindle afresh, to keep into full flame, to awaken and to lift up. We've got to do that. We have to do that. We have to do that. We're growing in Christ. We're no longer babes in Christ. We're growing in the things of the Lord. And then this is what it says here. He said, Thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. The NIV translation says that I, need, I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. We've got to fan the flame, folks. You know what we're doing here this morning? We're fanning the flame. 
You know what we're doing when we, we, when we go home and when we're raising our families and our children and when we go to work and we're walking in the character of Christ and you know what? We're getting rid of the anger. We're getting rid of the strife. We're getting rid of the indifferences. We're getting rid of all those things that, listen, that destroy the character of Christ, keep the, the, pure, the impurities of life so when he looks over and he can see us, see himself in us. Amen? That's what's happening. That's happening to me and to you. Let me tell you two things here. And I'll quit. Maybe not two, but four. Maybe five. Okay. Forget that. There's two great things about fire. One of them is heat. There needs to be a, a fervency, a passion, a compassion in the church that, that, that beats anything the world can have. That, that, that is life-changing, a passion for the Word, a passion to, to, to teach the Word, to minister the Word of life, a, a compassion for people that don't know, a people that, that haven't tasted of what you've tasted, haven't seen what you've seen, don't know, have not been where you are, that we've got to develop that passion. There's got to be a heat. There's got to be a fervency. There's got to be an excitement about the, the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, about his word, about the moving of his Holy Spirit. I mean, we've got to wake up and we've got to be willing to tell the story, tell the testimonies. Wednesday night before I came to church, one of my sons in the faith in, 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 uh, in California, and he called me and he said that, you know, we, our church is growing and we're looking for a building and some man just walked in. We don't know him. He don't know us. We were just telling the story and we were just taking up our offering and sharing what we're believing for. <clears throat> and he wrote a check for $30,000 and he walked out. Didn't even stay for the preaching. He just wrote a check for $30,000 and walked out. I don't know if it was an angel from heaven, but I know this, the money's real. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was an excitement in that church. There was a fervency in that church. They wanted something not for themselves, but for their, their city, for the kingdom of heaven. There's got to be that, 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 that heat that permeates from our lives to the world that we live in. There's another thing about fire, light. I'm telling you, there is a light. You know, and it's something, I don't know about you, but most people I know, they want to just look at it. They just want to stare at it. They just want to look at it. We have, a, we have one of those pits you know, on our back patio, and Linda loves to turn it on and, and get the, you know, the, the uh, candy out and the, and the cookies out and get the weenies out. And, but, men, most of all, that long after the food's gone, we're sitting there stirring at the fire. There's something about the fire that attracts us. Hello. There's something about the fire that's in this house that's going to attract the lost, the broken, the bruised, the religious man. There's something about it will repel them that refuse and reject, and it'll draw those that are ready to receive. Can I have a good amen? <clears throat> true story. I don't know if I've ever told this here, but there's a true story that there was a man that owned a business in a little country town. They had one church. One, week, one Sunday it was Baptist. One Sunday it was Methodist. One Sunday it was Catholic. It was just a little country church. And so each, each Sunday, most of the people all came, even for the different denominations, and they came because that was their church. They, everybody in the church, every denomination that went to that little building, that they asked him to come and visit us at church. Come join us at church. Come visit our congregation, our family. We all do business with you. Why don't you just come join us? He never went not to one service not to any denominations. One night, the building caught fire. And the first one that was to the fire was Henry, the man that owned the store. He was the first one there and the last one to leave. All the church members, the Baptists, the Catholic, the Methodists, they were all there trying to put it out to no avail. Finally, some of them had got together and said, I'm, we're going to go ask him. And as a group, they went over there and they said, we've all asked you. Every one of us asked you to come visit the church, but you never have. But you was the first one here, and you're already the last one to leave. Why didn't you come? 
Why are you here tonight? He said, the fire drew me. He said, the fire's kept me here. He said, they said, but why did, why did you come? Why didn't you come when, when we were here, when the church wasn't on fire? He said, that's why. The church, I've never seen the church on fire. It was only after it was on fire that he saw the fire. He was drawn by the fire that he came to church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Isaiah 60 says it like this. Arise and shine, for the light of the Lord's come. The fire of God's come and risen upon me and you. The light of the Lord's come. The Amplified Bible says, rise to a new life. And from which prostration of depression and circumstance have kept you? You know what? People are coming in. Many times it's me and you. And the reality is life has knocked us down. It's not been fair. But the reality is the light's coming. The life is in the light. The life is in the fire. And if we'll just be drawn by the fire and we'll just come to the fire, guess what it'll do? It will change us from the inside out. It'll destroy the impurities of life and we'll finally start seeing who really Christ is. Can I have a better amen than that? I want you to stand up with me. There's a whole lot more, but you know what? If we didn't get this, we're not going to get the rest. Here's the idea of the day. You're here today and you feel like, you know what? I've come to church, but I don't have that spiritual energy. I don't have that excitement. I used to, but something's happened along the way and I don't have that anymore. I don't have that fervency. Or maybe I'm serving, but I'm complaining. I'm serving, but I'm not enjoying the journey. I'm serving, but I'm not really getting anything back. I'm pouring in. I'm always giving, but I never seem to get anything back. I'm telling you, you're missing what he's saying here. Being fervent in spirit as you serve the Lord is enjoying the journey. That We've got to get back to that place. And you know what? We've all been there. You know what? You Many times we come to the place and we think that I, we can just stay revived all the time. That, that may be totally impossible. But let me tell you something. The closer I get to him, the more I walk with him, the more I realize, the more I can. The more I can. So today, our altar call is not for the lost, not for this one, but for you, those that have come out of the grave. But the bondage of those, those rags, those grave clothes are still on. Or possibly they've come off, but somehow or another they found their way back. I want you to come up. I want us to believe God together that he's going to stir us again. He's going to light us up again. He's going to kindle his fire fresh in us again. I can't wait to leave this place and tell somebody about the fire of God, the life of Christ, the goodness of God. I, I can't wait for the next worship service. I'm going to jump. I'm going to shout. I'm going to make some noise. If he shouted and brought me out, then I'm, I'm going to stay out. Is find that shout because with that shout is a shine. Is that life? Is that life? You know, an old preacher told me years and years ago, if you lose your shine, you'll lose your shout. And he said, you know what? You can turn it over. If you lose your shout, you'll lose your shine. We need this fire. We need to kindle afresh. When we come together, when we rub up against each other, if God's an all-consuming fire, guess what? When I rub up against the Lord, I get a little bit more fire, a little bit more fervency. But the same way with you, when you rub up against the fire, when you rub up against the fire, you know what happens? You get a little bit more fervency. You get a little bit more excited about the journey. Amen? It's stirring the gift. It's you're doing your part because you know he's going to do his part. Amen? So right now, lift your hands towards heaven. We're fixing to receive. We didn't, we didn't come this far. We have not done this much. Missing to go back into the grave to go back into death and darkness. We have not, listen, we have not lived this life for ourselves. We've lived this for Christ Jesus, that he may see himself in the light of our heat, in our heated circumstances. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, light us up. Fan, Lord God, we're going to fan the flame. We're going to stir the gift. We're going to, Father God, we're going to believe right now for the brightness of the shining 
that's coming. We're believing right now for the fuller soap and the, and the silversmith. Father God, I'm thanking you right now. I'm thanking you that you're doing something on the inside, that you're like speaking to us like David. I shall send revival. I shall restore. I shall renew. I shall refresh. That revival is going to come from the presence of the Lord. That there's going to be a moving of the Holy Spirit. That's second to none. That we're going to talk about it for months. We're going to talk about it this coming weekend and this next weekend. There, that we're going to be on fire. This city's going to see us on fire. It's not about just backpacks. It's not just about serving. But listen, it's about sharing Christ in us. It's about telling the story that Jesus is alive and well. And he's a good God. Amen. They're going to hear words through the songs. They're going to hear people praying, interceding. They're going to call on the name of the Lord. And they're going to get saved. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, he said, on that day of Pentecost, on that day, there was a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind. And it went on to say, listen, it went on to say, there was such a stirring and flaming tongues of fire set upon every one of them. Not one of them, not some of them, on every one of them. Flaming tongues of fire. And then there were two groups at that day. There was those that said, what meaneth this? And then there were groups that said, this is that. We've been talking about it. Here it is. It's come. This is the day of your salvation. This is the day to repent and come back to the Lord. This is the day of the goodness of the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I have a good amen? amen. So God set us on fire. God, set us on fire and let the world watch us burn. Set us on fire, Lord God. Set our marriage on fire. Set our churches on fire. God, set our ministers and ministries on fire. God, set every aspect of our life and livelihood on fire for Christ Jesus. Purge us, purify us. Lord God, test, prove and test us. I'm thanking you right now, Father God, that you see what you want to see, that you have what you said you would have. In Jesus' name, I give you praise. I give you praise. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to lay hands upon the person next to you, in front of you, back of you. I want you to pray for them. Come on, just a real real prayer right here, fervency, that God ignite them. God stir them up. God grace them and gift them. God move in them and upon them. God, I'm just asking you right now, that you'll just show yourself strong. God, that you'll heal the sick. God, that you'll deliver the oppressed. God, I'm thanking you now in Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Thank you for an outpouring of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I'm thanking you for it, Lord. Thanking you for a mighty awakening, a mighty work of your Holy Spirit. That we're not going to reject, we're not going to resist, we're not going to grieve, we're not going to quit. God, we're not going to vex, but we're going to receive the goodness of God. Oh, Father God, I do not want to be a, a stenchy smoke. I want to be a blazing fire for Christ. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. You may be here today. This may be your first time here. I don't know. Maybe you've been here more than one time. And you've heard the gospel preached. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And today's the day for your salvation. Today's the day that you say, yes, Lord, I receive the sacrifice of your son for my salvation. I receive the love of God that will deliver me from myself and fill me with your precious spirit. Maybe that's you today and you say, I want to make a commitment to Christ. If you will, can I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but I want to ask you to lift your hand. We can pray for you. If you're here today and that's you, will you just lift your hand? I see that hand. God bless you. Is there anybody else here? Say, I just want to walk away from here. I want to know that Christ is alive. I want him alive in me. Thank you, Father. Now I want everyone in the room to pray with me. Dear God, thank you for your love for me. 
Thank you for your mercy for me. Thank you for loving me too much to let me to stay the way that I am. That you will change me to look like your son Jesus. I do believe that he died in my place, that he was in the grave three days, and that you raised him from the dead. I confess him as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I believe I'm saved. I give you praise. I give you honor. And I give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.